0: You know, everything's kind of panicky right now. I just found out that the dispensary, like seven employees got COVID and I was there yesterday. Oh, fuck. But apparently like, oh, they, no. hadn't, they haven't been to work since the beginning of the month. But like a lot of their co-workers are also like quarantining right now because their are co-workers.
1: <laughs> Jesus, the dispensary. You think it's the safe place? Literally. I, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, uh, they have, <laughs> they have curbside pickup here.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the same thing, except I have to get out of the car that I don't own and drive, <laughs> but it's like, we walk through, it's like nothing, it's inside, it's a little, it's like, a, it used to be a bank, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I love it when they take over, like, there are some in, like, old McDonald's,
1: it's cool as heck.
0: Had a farm, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's more like, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, you smoking it, you know. Oh, I do know. So, uh, yeah, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. And you are listening to Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get stoned and talk about Saturday Night Live.
0: Yes, and other things. <laughs> Tonight's host was Buck Henry. Um, well, actually, it wasn't tonight. It was January seventeenth, nineteen seventy six. The host of that night was Buck Henry. This was season one, episode ten, and oh my gosh, the musical guests were Bill Withers and Tony Basil. Yeah, that
1: it was a very weird combination of musical guests. You go from like, what was it? Ain't no sunshine, or
0: yeah, it was ain't no sunshine.
1: Yeah, and you go from that and then you have fucking Tony Basil and she's like hopping around the stage in a lounge dress that has slits up to her, you know, it was just like, oh, this is very different in tone. Anyway, that's jumping ahead like 40 minutes.
0: Yes. Um, The beginning of this episode was a phone ringing and you're looking at the phone and you're thinking, okay, where's Chevy Chase and when's he going to fall? Um, and it happens just then he comes in, he falls, it's crazy. He falls all the fuck over the place and the phone's ringing and then he answers the phone and he answers it by saying to his head prevention center, um, so, okay,
1: So he falls, Chevy Chase, dead ass falls down a flight of stairs, like over a desk, answers the phone, says suicide prevention center, and then you hear a bang. And it's, the joke is that he got to the phone too fucking late. And I, it was like, oh my fucking God, they went there. It wasn't funny, but it wasn't not funny. It was more just like the, oh fuck, they just did that.
0: I was very shocked that is quite the way to start off a show.
1: Yeah, it didn't exactly put me in like a woohoo, let's watch Saturday Night Live mode. I was like, oh, fuck, that is dark.
0: Yeah, it was. Which
1: I will say, I like dark SNL, but you know, go on. Sorry.
0: Oh, no, I was just gonna say, like, it was so dark that as the credits were playing, I was kind of just like thinking of how crazy it was. And then I noticed that the audience was like clapping along to the credits and it was really cute.
1: I did not notice that.
0: Yeah, yeah, like when they cut to the audience, they're all clapping and mm-hmm. tune.
1: Aww. Um, yeah, and then we went into Buck Henry's monologue, which was just him sitting on a chair. And the tone of his monologue, it was quite funny. It reminded me of John Mulaney. It was very <laughs> Mulaney-esque.
0: I would say he had a good tone. He could really laugh at himself. I like that.
1: Yeah. I think he was the first, not self-aware host, but like the first host that their shtick was like, okay, yeah, I I, I should not be doing this. It's like a very David Letterman-esque, why am I here?
0: Yes, it was good. <laughs> yeah, he
1: opened it with saying, you might be wondering, as am I, why I'm here. And he wasn't their first choice. And as Buck Henry's monologue is continuing, NBC is running text over his monologue saying, he's correct, he was not our first choice. Here are some people we called before Buck Henry, and then it scrolls through like a list of 20 people, some of whom were uh, two of the Stooges, Chastity Bono, who was like, what, two at that point? uh and generalissimo franco because that joke is just like i swear to god the older it gets the the harder i laugh just because it's like where the fucks are gonna pop up next uh yeah it also continued with buck henry soliciting donations to his favorite charities which were his local bar and grill a happy ending parlor a porn theater a head shop an adult bookstore and vanessa and it lists her phone number He then goes on to talk about his favorite activities, which were all of the same things listed above. Vanessa included. Yeah, Vanessa
0: included. (laughs) And it was really funny. I liked it. It was funny. It was like, you know, know, when you kind of run out of what you want to smoke, and so then you have to smoke the other thing that you have that you don't really want to smoke, but it's like, well, this will do the same thing, I guess. You appreciate it a lot. You do appreciate it. And...
1: It's like, yeah, no, that happens with my carts. It's like I go, I, I work through the ones I love and then it gets down to like, oh, okay. So I guess I'm down to a hybrid and an indica. All right. Guess I'll smoke the hybrid. It tastes like cherries. Ugh. You know. I love artificial cherries. I'm going up to stuck up on carts because the place I get carts is changing their percentages off on December 1st because there's like less demand right now, or there's more demand, the sales, or I don't know what the fuck. But anyway, it's like, if you buy one cart,
0: it's like economics.
1: Yeah. It's like, if you buy one cart, it's 0% off. And normally it's, if you buy two, it's 10, three is 15, four is 25 is 25. And so like, if you buy five carts, 25% off each cart is a good fucking deal. You're, like, getting two carts for free. That's a good
0: deal. All right. Um, so, you know what doesn't have good deals is the Samurai Delicatessen.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I had, I had smoke in my lungs. <laughs> Stop making me laugh when I got smokes. <laughs> yeah, so Samurai Delicatessen Um, it was still racist, but knowing the shtick, I'm having a hard time with this one. Um, it's like, I don't know, it felt less racist this time because, you know, still really having a hard time. I don't know how to explain it. Like,
0: it didn't feel as mean. Yeah. I mean, at first I was like, okay, I know what what I'm getting into. Um, but then when, uh, Buck Henry asked him to trim the fat off of the sandwich um John Belushi as a samurai then points the sword at himself and I'm like wait a minute we're not even 10 minutes into this episode and that's the second suicide joke yeah I need to take a smoke there yeah no that was it was dark um but you know the Buck Henry was
1: like no 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 no, no. don't worry about it you know what it's fine I'm sure it's fine you know I'll take the pain later enjoy it now. And then I think he asked for, oh, Buck Henry asked John Belushi to break a 20, and John Belushi then smashed the counter in half with his
0: samurai sword, so. It's pretty relatable if you've ever been in the service industry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, with your samurai sword.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I was like, well, not, not, right? It's like my internal reaction sometimes is to like jump over a desk at someone. But no, uh the next sketch that we had was a bit called Presidential Foreplay. And it was Jane carton interviewing a woman named Louise, who it was Gilda Radner, and she was Linda Louise. Linda Louise. Yeah. Um yeah it was a woman named linda louise who she was talking all about her affairs with the president and at this point in 1975-76 stuff was starting to come out about jfk and his many mistresses and it was a take on that and then at the end of the sketch um it comes out that i think she's talking about richard nixon and i was like oh yeah not not the president everyone thought she was
0: talking about yeah, I couldn't tell. I was like, "Wait a minute."
1: Yeah, pretty sure that was that was the deal there. Uh,
0: yeah, it was just fucking weird. She was wearing a ton of fucking jewelry.
1: Yeah, I really did enjoy seeing Gilda Radner dressed up, kind of to the max and a little slutty because it was like, yeah, it was great.
0: The ladies were out.
1: Yeah, they were. Yep, not
0: complaining. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So the next sketch is the Oval Office and Buck Henry is advising Chevy Chase, President Ford. Um, And they're talking about this press conference and how lately the press has been running a lot of stories about him being clumsy. And so the way they're going to remedy this is by just gaslighting the people into thinking that um, that being clumsy is normal. Yeah. And
1: it was more of Chevy Chase's, Gerald Ford's idiocracy and very kind of foolishness. Uh, Buck Henry's like, they might ask you about the polls. Chevy Chase is like, I have good relations with the Polish people. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so they go out and they're telling other people, they're telling, Buck Henry's telling the American people that it's very normal to be this clumsy and then shows a series of really badly photoshopped images of other politicians falling. Really badly
0: photoshopped.
1: Yeah. And then I guess Buck Henry is doing damage control and Chevy Chase comes out and he's all like banged up and ripped up. And you basically hear. So Buck Henry had described in excruciating detail how Gerald Ford needed to get to the press room and how how many steps and the steps you will go down on the way there and up on the way back and basically explains how to get there, and then you hear crashing, banging, booming cymbals, the whole shebang as Chevy Chase makes his way to the stage, blah, 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 sound effects, and once he makes his way to the stage, he's all, his suit is all ripped up, he's banged up, and everybody else is like, oh, oh shit, that's what we're supposed to do, and so they rip their suits to be the same way, and like, they're acting exactly as insane as he is to try to make it seem normal. It was, they were like running around the stage at one point.
0: Yeah, it was kind of fun. And I don't know, I hate to say it. I thought Chevy Chase was kind of hot in this. I don't know. That's kind of where my mind was at for a good portion of this, oddly. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. No, it was a very confusing sketch in a lot of different ways. And not any in like understanding the sketch and mainly just all about my feelings about Chevy Chase. See, so, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, <laughs> It's like, I, I, I don't. I don't want to be sexually attracted to young Chevy Chase. Like everything in my mind is like, no, ew. And Gilda's body is like,
0: mm. yeah. He looked good in that suit. I'll say it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he fucking did. <laughs> we went to <laughs> Bill Withers. <laughs> we went to Bill Withers. Oh my god, I was so excited. He's saying "Ain't No Sunshine," and it was beautiful. Yeah, my only notes were amazing in all caps.
1: I loved every second of it that song is amazing and then we went into a bit where lorraine newman was struggling to read and it turns out that she's reading an ad for the school of speed reading and she's from the school of speed reading and it was like all right that's not funny
0: yeah, it was the Evelyn Woodsky School of Speed Reading and on the bottom of the screen they had written something along the lines of Woodsky is a Russian name, we swear or something like that.
1: Jesus.
0: It was a lot.
1: Yeah. And the thing was, is like there were parts of this episode that were really funny, but there were parts of it that were just jaw-droppingly how the fuck was that funny anyway?
0: Yeah, I'm just kind of like, why?
1: Yeah. Like, if a show were consistently this much why or (laughs) or this controversial, like, it would not be on the, it would not have made it this far. It would have been canceled by now, I am sure of it. You
0: would hope. Yeah, I'm happy the show wasn't canceled, but my God. Speaking of good things and getting there, there was a could update, which was, it was okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was not one of the stronger weekend update showings, but there were a few jokes that I thought were funny. One being that some, it was a research center, maybe it was Columbia Presbyterian or Columbia University, they discovered that white mice cause cancer, which I thought that was funny. Um, Not that I think think cancer is funny, but like the fact that lab
0: rats. I'm gonna say it, I'll give you the cancer is funny card.
1: No, it's not. I'm not, I'm not going there.
0: I don't, it could be funny sometimes. Well, okay. I go there often with my brother.
1: <laughs> okay, no, and that's fine. And that is totally fine for you to go there. I don't feel comfortable going with the cancerous funny card with you yet. I'm I, i, I I'm not sure I ever will. I don't know. That's, that's a personal thing. I don't know. I just feel that's fair yeah. too soon. Yeah, I, I, I feel, yeah. Although it's like, you know, it's like I can make Alzheimer's jokes about my mother, but like, I don't know, when makes them, I'm like, shut the fuck up, put duct tape over your mouth. Oh,
0: ew. yeah, no, if like were to make one, I would have whipped his right. so, ass. You know, and not like, yeah, so anyway. I don't know why I didn't say wob. I should have said wob. <laughs> well,
1: and I, I, well, I was going to say he would have enjoyed it, so. um, there was a joke about cho en lai being cremated and how he was cremated. It was a Sichuan-style service. And I was like, wow. Wow. Okay.
0: And something about Mugu guy dead. Just not great. Then they went into... Um, well, he was talking about how there was trouble the past few weeks connecting with their correspondent in Angola. But this week, they got it. Um, and... The cut to footage and you see Garrett Morris mopping like this room with the phone in it and he answers it um, and Chevy Chase is like hi is this Angola live? I couldn't tell if this is supposed to be the prison that's named Angola or if that was just my mind reaching a little.
1: Well oh yeah alright alright yeah cool cool, cool. alright
0: prison industrial complex cool cool <laughs>
1: um yeah not well the prison industrial complex is not cool 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 but just the me putting all the facts together in a line in my head so no i thought it was just an office building but it could have been the prison i thought it was just like they got it fucked up like they said oh we got it fixed and like it was just a line to a random office somewhere
0: that is probably what it was I might have been reaching
1: (laughs) I I have no idea that was his that was what I thought but it's possible that it was just Angola and the time difference was you know anyway
0: yeah (laughs) um they did have a joke that was the nation of Chad has changed its name to Brian I laughed that was pretty fucking funny
1: (laughs) (laughs) it was funny and also they went back and they did another bit about the killer dope, which, ha <laughs> ha, I get it, killer dope, good dope. Um, yeah, and that they were sampling it all week, and uh, what they've discovered is that if you force a baby squirrel to smoke 700 joints a day, it becomes disoriented, and starts to play with its nuts rather than store them. There. Sounds about right. <laughs> so, yeah. And then... Oh, there was a commercial break in the middle of Weekend Update where Gilda Radner was hosting Bridge Night, but she was very embarrassed about the smell of her house. And her two friends walk in and they're like, "Mm, she cooked liver again. Gross. And then her friend Lorraine Newman is like, no, no, here, I have this deodorizer. It's called Germasol. And it's like a giant stick of deodorant that you
0: rub on your house to get rid of smells. Yeah, it was weird. Um... I mean, it was mostly just like a was- physical comedy of it being a big ass stick. Right.
1: It was really amusing to watch Lorraine uh, Newman and Gil Radner wrestle with this giant stick of house deodorant. So they came in three <laughs> sizes Cape,
0: Colonial, and Condo. I laughed, but you know what? I feel like Condo would be smaller because isn't it a smaller space? I don't know why they had Condo as the biggest size. They, yeah, yeah, I was say, I
1: live in a condo right now, and I can definitely tell you that a Cape and a Colonial bigger than that. Yeah.
0: That that joke didn't, didn't hit with me. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> but the rest of it did. And I say this as someone who has recently doubled their living space. So I'm like, oh, haha, yeah, condo. That's, you know, but like, I can breathe now. So we have more than two windows. <laughs> God. Yeah, and then instead of news for the hard of hearing... We had News for the Dead, which was just Alan Zweibel and Chevy Chase sitting there in silence.
0: Yeah, I somehow thought this was less offensive than News for the Hard of Hearing or News for Foreigners ever was. It was rather fucking funny. (laughs) Well the next one was Citizen Kane 2 and I did not get it because I have not seen that film.
1: Okay, so um, yeah, so I have seen Citizen Kane. and this was supposedly the sequel where Charles Foster Kane's nurse, she comes to see his friend and she goes to see his friend and she's like, well I just remember he had a, he had another word after after Rosebud. And so she said it was, it was Henri. Henri. And so they're like, all right, who, who was Henri? And so they go to talk to a third guy who's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. And then it's a flashback to Charles Kane's first day on the job at the New York Inquirer. And Henri is a newspaper boy that he fired that day. And Dan Aykroyd is Charles Kane. And he's like leaning out the window shooting people and he's like oh my god write this write down there's a crazed serial killer there's a crazed sniper sniper kills monkey or whatever like you know like a dancing monkey on the street and uh who's uh selling newspapers by any means possible and then there was an update that it was like not even pets are safe in this weird murder spree (laughs) it's like (laughs) weird murder spree is definitely accurate um, yeah, and so, then it cuts back, they're like, but why was he saying, uh, rosebud Henri, and then he says, well, he, he said with, with mustard after, and you realize that the joke is that Charles Foster Kane's last words were roast beef on rye with mustard.
0: Yum. Yeah, we um, continued with the sex positivity in the land of Gorge. And I wasn't exactly sure the context of what was happening because I was just like, holy shit, they're doing this again. Um, But from what I understand, Scred has read a magazine called Bound and Gagged. And um, (laughs) he has this (laughs) sex toy that he wants to try out with Puda. (laughs) um and yeah that was just
1: (laughs) and he's like oh I have a marital aid your kinkiness and it's like okay Scred calm down and then Pewda's like well I guess it's more of an extramarital aid or maybe Scred said that I don't know one of them said it I was like oh god and then there was a joke that well, there was a comment in there that she might not be beautiful, but she rings my bell, and it was like, okay, fuck you.
0: Uh, um, I was like, Scred, bitch, look at yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? And
0: then, it ended with literal Muppet sex. There were Muppet orgasms. There were Muppet orgasms, but even crazier, there was Muppet, um, is that all there is? At the end of sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Scred was like, Wow, he was like this was the best sex ever, and Pluto was not fucking having it.
1: No, she was not. Which I mean, I, yeah, scred. Eh, <laughs> that's not exactly where I'd be. I'd be going, but to each their own. There was another replay of the three blade shaver ad.
0: Then uh, Tony Basil performed. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's a. I mean,
1: she's a super trained dancer. She was actually in a number of. She was in at least one David Bowie music video. Oh, she definitely was. And um, she's private shell. She's most known for the one hit wonder "Mickey" from 1980, whatever, which I believe she wrote and offered to Madonna, and Madonna turned down. And so she was like, "All right, fuck it, I'll do it."
0: Yeah, but this was before that. She.
1: Yeah, this is long before
0: chilling that. and singing. And dancing, oh my fucking god. Like, I think we are talking about this earlier, but she had that that skirt with a, with a slit, and you could see her whole fucking leg as she was dancing. Um, yeah. It was fun.
1: It was fun. It was impressive. It was like this 40s-style showtime, but, like, very extravagant, flamboyant dance. I think she was performing a
0: song called Wham. Yeah, she was absolutely owning it. And then at the end of the song, um, she took like the skirts of the dress. Um, Cause it was like, there's a slit in it. Like I just said, um, <laughs> I can't explain this. I'm not gonna explain what things look like, I guess, but she wrapped it around herself like a little blanket. It was really pretty.
1: <laughs> Aww.
0: <laughs>
1: the next sketch was a mother, Jane Curtin. She was reading a bedtime story to her daughter, Gilda Radner. And uh, the father, Dan Aykroyd, he comes home and Jane Curtin's like, okay, honey, I really have to get to the, or, to the workshop, my pottery. I'm way behind on glazing. And, like, and she's like, can you please put her to bed? Just read her a story. He's like, yeah, yeah, I will, I will, I will. And so she leaves and Dan Aykroyd's like, yeah, go to bed. Gilda's like, but I can't go to bed without a story. And so Gilda Radner curls up to Dan Aykroyd and Dan, and so she's like tell me a story tell me about tell me about your day and so he starts Dan Aykroyd starts talking about his day at the car mechanic shop or the car shop he's a car mechanic and Gilda Radner's like and were there elves he's like ah yeah there were elves and he's like winding in fantastical fairy tale elements into this story of like his customer was an elf. And then Dave, Oh God, there was a magic beans. Was a Bambi. Yeah. Oh, the, Bambi
0: thing. Oh. God. the Bambi joke was bad. Yeah. She was um, like, Is Bambi there. And he was like, yeah, Bambi was there. Bambi came out of the forest. This guy was going about 60. I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And so He's like, oh, you won't. Under-. And so he had said uh, Dan Aykroyd's character at some point said, oh, you're not going to understand this. Just go to bed. And then as Gilda Radner's going up to bed, she turns around, she goes, oh, daddy? And he's like, what? She's like, if you do this, don't you have to take the tires off and alternate, rotate and alternate them? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you do. Wait, what? And like little child Gilda is running up the stairs. And he's like, wait, my child understands cars? Yeah, that
0: was funny and cute um yeah the next thing we see chevy chase rolling a joint and then he starts to roll up his sleeve and i was like "Hmm, why is he rolling up his sleeves uh but then he keeps rolling it up and then he takes his belt off and wraps it around his arm and i'm like okay then he takes the the joint and like inject like i I, did inject it but i don't know what you would call that he just Pushed it into his fucking crook of his elbow.
1: Yeah, he was like trying to push the joint into his veins and he couldn't because it's a joint. And a uh, commercial card flashed across the screen. Uh, saying, why do you uh, think they call it dope? Why do you think... Yeah, thank you. I was looking on my page for my notes and then I couldn't focus. So. Fair. Why do you think they call it dope? <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was that. And then there was an there was a sketch or a bit that was recorded offsite in irvington new york and it was just buck henry looking for the funniest person in irvington new york and it was a wild juice a wild goose chase for the funniest man in town and it winds up that the funniest man in town is actually
0: marie and she's the funniest person in town yeah like Every time he goes to somebody, he says, oh, so-and-so said you were the funniest. Who do you think is the funniest? Um, but when he goes to Marie, um, he's like, you know, so-and-so thinks you're the funniest. She's like, yes, I am. And he says, and no one else can compete? And she goes, no. I mean, it was funny
1: because, like, I know old Italian women that are just like, yep, nope, that's me. I'm, no one can compete with that. I'm the funniest I out of my sisters and I know it's me. And, like, the other one will be in the, the other room saying the same damn thing about the other two.
0: Her hair was so big.
1: Uh-huh. Um. And then Howard Shore and his all-B band performed I'm a King Bee, which was John Belushi singing I'm a King Bee.
0: Yes. On Wikipedia, it said that that counted as the Blues Brothers.
1: Okay. I wouldn't have guessed that it as the Blues Brothers because they weren't, like, you know, in their suits. But that, I, I can see where the origins would be. Yeah, they said- Bee, ha! The,
0: <laughs> they said the Blues Brothers dress as the bees. And I'm like, doesn't B. Trump Blues Brother? I don't know. Um, I, I, I think at that point, yeah, I feel like B. Trump's Blues Brother
1: at this point. Yeah. So And then Michael O'Donohue, that nut.
0: Fucking crazy man. I don't know what the fuck that was.
1: No, it was like Buck Henry introduced Michael O'Donohue, who's really great at impressions. And Michael O'Donohue is like, okay, so this is what would happen to Michael Douglas if someone stuck a needle in his eye. And then he promptly put his hands over his eyes and ran around and flopped around the stage for like a minute and a half screaming bloody fucking murder. And it's like, you fucking psycho, take your weird dark comedy somewhere else. Like, that was really uncomfortable to think about for so long.
0: I felt weird about, or I felt bad for, rather, the people in the front row.
1: Yeah, I did feel bad for them, but at the same time, there was one guy on the back left okay, yeah. who was absolutely fucking losing it and, like, clapping and laughing and having the goddamn time of his life. So it was like, well, at least it worked for him, I
0: guess. Yeah, that's why he was sitting in that spot. Right?
1: Anyway, yeah, I was
0: happy when that was...
1: fucking done with
0: yeah but then we went into um a PSA from the American Constipation Society (laughs) yeah it was
1: like it was written by a bunch of 12 year old boys it was Jane Curtin and Buck Henry and Buck Henry had been constipated for a while and Jane Curtin starts teasing him a little, and then their neighbors come by and they start teasing him more, and it becomes obvious what the issue is. And then a police officer shows up, and
0: everyone is just, What? Sorry, I was drinking my water, but I had to say a cab. So. Yeah. yeah, it was just euphemisms
1: for pooping or not pooping for a few minutes straight.
0: Yeah, and then the like ad card at the end. Said constipation with a colon, no laughing matter. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right because I didn't fucking laugh.
1: <laughs> Although I will say that at the end, they were all like frozen as it was like, you know, a cutscene or something. But Jane Curtin and Gilda Radner were just giggling so hard. And that <laughs> made me laugh. Oh, so I that made that. me laugh, but nothing about the sketch yeah I the good nights were Buck Henry saying that he wanted to thank the stagehands and the camera people and everyone behind the scenes because they were all gay and they're just like you and me. And it was like, uh, I mean, okay, I don't
0: it was a little weird, yeah, saying like, uh, yeah like, I, yeah they are gay, I don't, but they're fucking not gay, so let's not use it like that.
1: Right, exactly, and it was like, all right, so is, like, the message good, but they're not all gay, so it's not, so therefore, yeah, I was very confused, but, yeah, that was the episode.
0: Yeah, it was a good episode, I would say, mm, six ten out of 10. <laughs> good. Did you have a favorite sketch? Um, I'm gonna go with, oh, shit, this is tough, but I think the part that I was the most into was Bill Weathers singing Ain't No Sunshine.
1: Okay. Yes. I am going to pick the bedtime sketch because I loved A, how cute it was, and B the twist at the end that she actually knew a lot mm-hmm. about cars and also fairies and elves. But also, I think Gilda Radner and Dan Aykroyd may have been hooking up at that point. So, like, it was also, yeah, it's like, I
0: don't know. Yeah. Um, My least favorite sketch was Citizen Kane 2, because I've never seen Citizen Kane. And also, it was in black and white. (laughs) (laughs) There's something wrong with that.
1: I, yeah, I didn't mind that one so much. I think my least favorite is, it's gonna have to be Michael O'Donohue running around like a fucking deranged person that's been stabbed in the face.
0: Why do we have to watch that?
1: I don't know. Just because he gets his rocks off on that, I don't know why we have to be subjected to it.
0: I was not pleased in that moment but I, I was seeing on my TV ladies and gentlemen and others
1: yeah it's like I want to post it but I also don't want anyone else to have to witness that like I, I, I am fine with having witnessed it for everyone it's terrifying <laughs> No, I keep going down for my water and it's my vape and I keep taking a hit <laughs> of the vape and now I'm super fucking stoned and I'm still thirsty <laughs> so you can find us on all major podcast platforms are gmail is sat night high
0: pod you can find us on youtube facebook twitter reddit and um i think that's a instagram as well except instagram for some reason has been glitching the whole time we've had it and i don't know what's fucking wrong whatever we try trying to post something. Some words don't come up, so let me know if anybody understands what the fuck is happening on my Instagram.
1: Yeah, Yeah. our website is satnighthighpod.com and yeah, I think that's it for me. I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. Happy highs. Happy highs. <laughs>